All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Yeah, we, ha- we have to get better at everything. Would you like to expand on that? No. Nope. You can do that. You know everything. Why are you so pissy, Leon? Hmm? Why are you so pissy? I'm not. Maybe, you know, just fuck it. We'll just go in next year and just not think it anymore and just win this thing. It's not been a good day. I lost my glasses early this morning. I had to go buy a pair of $79 reading glasses. Happy 2024. Welcome to the Department of Discipline. Ryan Pinder and Jay Rosehill. Jay, happy new year. Same to you. We're back at her a new year. Excited. How were the uh, New Year's Eve celebrations? We need uh, the, the skinny immediately. I was trying to take it easy, but it's difficult during the holidays. Started off with a bang with the barn burner holiday show. Not sure I'd recommend uh, anyone. Have we, uh, and I know this is a different program, and our audience may or may not know anything about another podcast that uh, I work on called Barn Burner. You made a debut on the holiday spiritual. Have we rewatched the, the show or bits and pieces, bits and pieces. It's uh, I don't, what are the emotions attached to that? Uh, uh, while viewing it, anxiety, disgust, <laughs> bewilderment. <laughs> I don't recommend doing a podcast. Okay. Time traveling. All right. Uh, those are the pillars of the show. Those, those emotions as well. We uh, get into it. We welcome you to the, uh, the first show of 2024 here on the department of discipline. Lots to get into. Uh, the holidays do get a little festive around uh, our house as well. The, the, the New Year's Eve was particularly awesome. Got out to a frozen lake nice. and fireworks were set off and uh, many coolers were emptied. It was, good. it was a good time. Kids stayed up past midnight, I think, for the first time. Uh, yes, just an epic evening. And uh, we're in January now. This is definitely the, okay, 
Everyone calm down, man. Settle down. That was a lot of uh, social activity. Yeah. Back to a routine here. Pump the brakes a bit. Including Department of Discipline. Some clean living. So let's get back on track. And we need a, we need a pal of ours to, to come in and get us something to talk about. If, if we uh, had friendships only based upon how much commentary that players generate, I don't know that we'd have a better friend than Nick Cousins this year, who is at it again on Tuesday night. Jay, let's get to it. It is the Panthers. It is the Coyotes. We are at the dynamic, booming, and huge Mullet Arena as uh, Nick Cousins, another questionable hit this year. This time it's Yusuf Alamaki wearing a bubble. Yes. Who gets uh, on the receiving end of a Nick Cousins hit. Picked up by Barkov. Oh, Nick Cousins is won by Zucker. Now ah, let's see what the... Well, he's got to be out of the game for sure, man. That's, well, it's premeditated. Yeah. That's that. That's the the biggest thing for me. Well, this one's got to be a major. Okay, there's, there's the, the collision. collision there, yeah. Now look at Zucker. He comes in, and uh, this was not well received. And the puck is nowhere near. The puck is 25 feet away. A hit from behind. A dangerous hit from behind. Look at that. <laughs> that's the that's the best replay of it. Cousins got up pretty quickly. The original hit right here. There is no call right there. Cuzzy, baby, you're at it again. That guy is, I'm surprised it took this long. I mean, about 500 games into his career, he's starting to, oh God, look at him lay there too with the gloves off and everything. Sells it. And there's, no, in my mind, I played with him 2016 maybe. There's no one better than doing something offside, acting like you have no idea what happened, then getting retaliated on and then being an absolute shock that, anything happened to you and then selling the hell out of it and coming out with the power play. And it's exactly what happened here is buddy had to come in and scrap for him. Um, a dirty hit to start off, leaves the feet, almost knees a guy in the head. The guy's on his knees. Valimaki's wearing a bubble. You pointed this out. We were chatting in pre-show about it. You're like Valimaki's on his knees and gets a large amount of the hit to a vulnerable area of the head. It's not a surprise. He's not falling. His cousins comes up. He knows what he's doing to your point. And Valmaki's got the bubble on as well. Like, oh my God, like, man, Nick Cousins, like, you're really, you want some today, don't you? He's grease, man. He's grease. He's good at it. And I chuckle and shake my head and I'm not like mad because I've played with him and I know what it's like to have that guy on your team. You you don't want to do cheap stuff. You don't want to hurt anyone. Nick doesn't either, but he plays on that edge and he crosses yeah. the line and goes over the edge quite often. Yeah. And he's been doing it more and more lately. I don't know if that's because his he's becoming more of a veteran who's more comfortable doing what he wants or if he's just found his role or if he's just find himself himself in these positions, but he's he's creating a lot of attention to himself and not always for the right reasons, but I'm telling you when that guy's on your team causing that havoc, I I laugh, I chuckle, I smile, I shake my head, but you would also rather have it being on your side than, than having to deal with it. Well, but you you do have to deal with it. If Jay Rosehill's on that team, you might have to fight that night, which you might be okay with, but it might be like, Jesus, again, Kezi? Like, you're not going to fight and I'm going to have to fight because you did something totally stupid that was not a good hockey play. Like, I, I can know. see you being like in a series, okay, this is great. But like in game 36 in a 4,500 seat in Tempe, it's like, oh, really? Really, Nick? Again? I don't know why I laugh at it, dude. I don't know why Okay, so there's pests and there's rats. This is weasel. This is weasel. Because he won't square up and fight anymore. And I'm not saying he has to, but like, understand that everyone's going to hate you not squaring up after that. 
Probably, yeah. And he's it's a sell job, right? Like I said, he goes in there acting like he didn't know what he did. Then he's shocked that there's retribution. Then he oversells it. And then whatever happens out there, he's just like, he's still playing. The, he's still acting, right? He's the role. He's he's playing the role of of the, I'm innocent. What what happened? What did I do? How? Why did this guy come after me? And guess what? Two guys get kicked out of it, out of the game. There's a five-minute major against the other team. And they're on, I think, a three-minute power play at least. There's a major to minor. So, yeah, they, Florida ends up on the right side of the penalty thing because Jason and Zucker comes in and cleans him up with, which is also a dirty hit, but it's clearly retaliatory. Mm-hmm. Retribution is the word you use. That's fine for it as well. And that one got a five. And the instigator that Gustav Forsling comes in because he ends up fighting him, that gets a two. So Nick Cousins' team does end up with three minutes of extra power play time, a major versus a minor. But on top of that, it's, uh, yeah, I, I think Nick Cousins' act is becoming well-known around the league. You said you played with them. You've known it forever. Like, but now all of a sudden these seem like items that run of the mill hockey fans and players and teams out of conference are now aware of. Like, I think Nick cousins, when you see it on the whiteboard, you're like, okay, watch out for this guy. He's going to do something stupid tonight. Yeah, potentially. And the, the thing is, if you, it's frustrating because he doesn't fight because he doesn't, I mean, he, he has before, I'm not saying he doesn't, but it's not like what he wants to do. He's self-proclaimed, doesn't really like fighting and is not very good at it. And he loses balance, puts his head down and things like that. And he, he's not the guy to show up and say, all right, let's square off. Although he has, but he'd rather draw that stuff in, which makes it more frustrating. Yeah. Case in point, Eric Branson, yes. you know, three, four weeks ago, got driven mental by Cousins, yes. jumps him to the point where I don't care if you're going to fight me or not. I am going to pump you. Yeah. He does. Doesn't really get satisfaction out of it because cause he turtles. Turtle. And, and then he gets suspended a game, I believe. Like, you just can't win with this guy. And the frustration is what boils over and makes me shake my head going. Because he, he played on the drive home. He'll be t- playing dumb like, well, what the hell? The guy was just on his feet and... And then he's down, and like, I can't fucking stop. And he'd play that role, and you'd just shake your head and go, Cuzzy, you idiot. But he, he's a lovable guy, I got to tell you. So we should reach out, get him on the show, and have him explain himself. How's that sound? What's the role you're playing, Nick? That's, yeah. that's the question. So, yeah, you mentioned the December 10th was the Columbus one. We spent a lot of time, like I want to say three shows ago, talking about Nick Cousins and Good Branson. And uh, not only was it Good Branson suspended, but you've got a hearing for Jason Zucker as a result of this. And the other thing is, I understand not wanting to fight Eric Branson. Like if you're Nick Cousins, you're like, maybe you view yourself as like a, if I have to middleweight zone, like Eric Branson is one of the bigger, stronger cats in the league. Like that's a large man. Jason Zucker is not. Jason Zucker might not be six feet. Jason Zucker does not scrap for a living. Jason Zucker is like a middle six winger that might get 25 goals. Like yeah. if you are going to pick a spot to fight, that's it, Nick right there. But he's playing the role. Like exactly. I said, he's facing the glass. He if, if anybody touches him, he's going to ugh, flop it into the glass and lay there. His glove comes off, yard sailing it, fucking make my eyes roll and shake my head at it. But it's it's what he is. It's what he does. Like <laughs> I don't. So okay, you you're playing for uh Arizona. Mm-hmm. And you see that first hit on Valamaki happen. Your blood's boiling. Mm-hmm. You're like, this guy's wearing a bubble. He's vulnerable. He's on his knees. Cousin knows it and makes the decision to go in and crunch him. Mm -hmm. What does your next two shifts look like? I mean, I'm running around like a moron. I want to catch anyone on their team, goalie included, and bury them, cause a melee and say, you want to play that shit? Here we go. Two teams can do this. Fight both of their 
they're tough guy. Bring it on. I do not yeah. care. And cause a melee and try to make it even up. Play the same thing that he did. Someone comes and buries me. Oh, I fall into the crossbar. Whatever. Play this. Give it back to him just as bad. And if I'm on the ice when he does crunch Volomaki like that, I try to spin him around and I just tried to cold cock him in the jaw as hard as I can. And then he's like, oh, because kind of hitting him from behind. He doesn't like, he's oh, he's selling it. You got to try to get him back where it hurts, right? And try and take a suspension doing it, but maybe you do. And then he wins again. Like the rats are doing it for a reason and it's because it's, it's kind of effective. Yeah. It's hard to get back at it. And when you're good at it, which because he kind of is, when you're good at it, you don't, it's not just like, oh, you just did the dumbest thing ever. You were suspended for three games. Everyone's just going to stand there while you get kicked out and allow you, like he's, he gets away with it. And it's the second incident he's got away with. The hit on Good Branson we didn't think was that dirty, but it was definitely a boarding penalty. Whether it was a hit from behind major or not, it got reduced. That only added to Good Branson's fire, if you remember that back in early December. But yeah, it's like the guy that he preys on is the one that gets suspended. And it's two in a row where the league's going to talk to these guys that were you know, either sticking up for opponents or on the receiving end of his nonsense. But keep in mind, because he's got to play every game now, getting up from his pregame nap and heading to the rink, knowing a lot of guys want to kill me. Yes. And not a lot of guys want to play the game with that on their mind. And because he welcomes that into his life, which you got to say, you know, I mean, you play like that, guys are going to be gutting for you and he's got to know that. So someone's going to catch him. And to be fair, I mean, maybe that's how Nick Cousins makes a living in the NHL. Because he's not going to do it scrapping for a living. You said it. He's not a good enough fighter. Um, and, you know, I, I don't, I don't I, I'm not telling you I watch all the game tape. I've seen more tape of him being an idiot than playing hockey. But mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like a guy that can go out and not be physically engaged to have success. So maybe he's found the sweet spot where it's like, yeah, I am going to be a weasel and people are going to hate me. And I am going to carve out a niche where I'm always going to have a job in this league until I'm, you know, 30 something. Well, 550 games and counting. There you go. Right. Uh, so your boy cousins at it again. Uh, that's by the way, I don't know why next week I'm in that building. Have you been 4,500 seats, Tempe, Arizona, you're going eh? greater Phoenix. Have you, uh, let me know if it's of NHL caliber. It absolutely isn't. Um, but it would be, I I think the, the vibe is it's a great place to be a fan. It's a horrible place to collect revenue as an owner. Yeah. So like, I don't care about the dummies that own the coyotes and how much money they make. Uh, if you're a player, you're probably sour because you're not going to see this, the cap go up as much in a tiny rink. But as a fan, like to me, this is a get it on your bucket list if it isn't already and do it because it's not going to last long. They're either going to move that team or they're going to build a new rink. Yeah, it is. Like, this could be the last year in that rink. I'm sure it's an atmosphere. I'm sure yeah. it's fun. I'm sure it's standing room only and you can see the action. And that's that's cool. It's it's just to me, whether even if I'm there on vacation to play golf and I go watch a game, I'm still shaking my head going this. This pisses me off that this is in the NHL. Yeah. Like a, a league that's trying to keep up with the core four sports and trying to be legit and trying to garner more attention from these markets that don't traditionally support hockey as well. And you give them that, and whether it's fun for you or it's a loud atmosphere, I don't really care. Get that shit out of our league because it's embarrassing is, yeah. is where I come from when I look at it. If I'm a businessman and I put my businessman hat on, I feel that exact way. But if you put your put 10 drinks on and who's going to have the most fun, that thing's way more fun than a 17,000 seat rank in Glendale. It's not close. Well, worst case scenario, they, they get a bunch of hockey fans out of it and yeah. maybe they come to the new rink or whatever. But yeah. I mean, they've, 
done backflips trying to get that it's market to crazy. support the team. It yeah. just doesn't seem to to want to happen. And, and, and I get it. Like it's a huge market. It's a massive TV audience. And I think it would be successful if a, you had the right rink, B the right location and C the right owner. I just don't, I think they're over three. They've been over three for a long time. They like they haven't had good owner, good location, good rank in a long time, or they've had one of the three where it's like, well, they did have the good owners, but the rink was in the wrong spot or they do have a good rank, but it's the wrong part of town. It's a bad owner. I mean, to get those three things seems like a baseline for every NHL team. And they, they have one, it seems at most of time. And after, if you know anything about the CBA and the past lockout, I mean, who's paying for this embarrassment, what I would call an, a franchise yeah. that should be gone long ago, the players straight out of their Owners pocket, too. straight yeah. out of their, All them, yeah. well, when you look at escrow and how high it gets and what your million dollars comes to at the end of the day to, to, to prop up teams like that. It's, it's yeah, it's a simple formula. Half the revenue goes to the owners, half goes to the players. So the Arizona rank hurts all of them. And when they sit there and go, uh, we only made this much money. Well, why is that? Well, because we refuse to let this dead dog lie. We're going to just keep propping it up and go to Tempe, Arizona to this embarrassing. Like, come on, guys. It's 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 one of the you're trying to be one of the premier leagues in the world. And that's not how you do it. One comp I'll give you. The L.A. Chargers used to be the San Diego Chargers. They moved to L.A. And before that SoFi Stadium was built, which is probably the nicest stadium on earth, uh, the Rams played at the Coliseum. And the Chargers played at, I think it was called like Home Depot Field or something like that. Yeah. Uh, that is where an MLS team played. And it held 22,000. So it's this isn't a one-off that hasn't ever happened elsewhere. But it's a bad look for any league that has to do it. Yeah. Well, and it was a bad yeah. look for the Chargers to go from a 55,000-seater stadium in San Diego to like an MLS pitch, but same thing is the situation now in Phoenix had people that went and said, you got to go. You can never get that close to the action in an NFL game. It's, it's the most intimate thing. And I think it's the same thing with Phoenix. It sucks for the business, but I bet you getting piled up wouldn't be the most boring. Thing. Well, if you get a chance to do it, go check it out. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Don't own that team. Go, go buy the beer though. Uh, next item, we're going to jump uh, overseas. The Spengler cup Christmas tournament. Now you played in Europe a little bit. But you were never a Spengler Cup. Uh, I was not. I was not. I saw this clip, though. It was rather concerning. What, okay, what, okay. what, what did you see? So for those that aren't familiar, the Spengler Club is a club team tournament hosted in Switzerland every year. So there'll be some clubs from different countries around Europe. And then there's one team comprised of Canadians from a bunch of different European teams that have been put together, and they play as Team Canada. It's not a country-on-country tournament. It's a club team tournament with one exception, Team Canada. Great atmosphere. It's Switzerland. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. It's expensive. It's all the things you already know. And apparently it's an absolute riot for the players. Uh, one guy not having too much fun is Thomas Yurko, the former Detroit Red Wings second rounder back in 2011. He's playing his final few games at the tournament with HC Davos, a team from Switzerland. He's heading back to the KHL in the new year. So this may indeed be his final game. And Josh Holden, Western Canadian boy drafted by the Canucks in 96 in the first round. He's the head coach of this Swiss team that's participating at the Spengler Cup. In fact, he's played significant amount of time in Switzerland. He's coached in Switzerland. This is his sixth year in a row. He's familiar with all this stuff. Uh, this is an interaction we watched that I think um, it, it, it rubs a lot of people the wrong way. When you see Josh Holden verbally getting in the ear of a player i i'm like okay he's hot then i see him reach in and grab the player yurko kind of looking away throws an arm back and then there's even more of a physical 
back and forth. Was there a line crossed here or are there only certain circumstances where this is okay? Like, how do you view this as a former player? Because as me, a guy that didn't play professional hockey, I don't want to tell you what's allowed and not allowed on the bench. You tell me. No, I mean, it goes without saying. I mean, the you can tell the guy doesn't want to have that. Like, both guys are very fired up. Yeah. And I, I have sympathy for coaches, especially nowadays where there's a line where if a guy's not responding, you got to do everything you can to get through to that player. And I don't think that's ever been more difficult than it is right now with today's younger player and the way they react and the way um, they handle adversity and you can push them over the edge and then never see them again because they'll go into a shell. These two guys aren't exactly of that way. They're a little bit older and they've been around the block, but when Tensions are high. That coach should be able to tell this guy is not, something's up. I don't know what their history is or what exactly the background is, a disallowed goal or something. But when you're that intensely screaming at a player as a coach, I think you're kind of a little bit allowing your emotions to get the best of you, which you're preaching the whole time to your players to keep those in check and to use them positively. You've clearly kind of lost it. Then you reach out, physically grab a player. I'm telling you, when you're having an interaction with anybody that's tense, whether it's hockey or not, and someone grabs you, fuck off is the first reaction you're going to get. And you can see him yank his jersey back, like, don't touch me right now. And then he's so hot, he doubles down and goes in and yanks him again. It's way over the line. I'm sure as soon as it was done and the, 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 the blood drained from this guy's face, he thought... Ugh, what did I do there? What just happened there? And I think the reason that was making its rounds around social media is because it was a big eye opener. Like what's he doing on the bench? Yeah. The coach is grabbing and yanking and screaming. And I'm sure his intentions were good. I do not want to see any repercussions or reprimand happening to this coach because of that. Let them deal with it. I'm sure that player is going to go into his office and be like, now that we've cooled off, Whatever he thinks about it, that's never going to fucking happen again, you could say. Or you could be like, hey, I get you're hot, but like I wasn't in a place. Like, how, whatever the relationship is, they should have a private conversation. That's as far as it should go. But as far as everyone who's watching from afar, I think it's pretty obvious that that was a little bit too much. So you, you wouldn't, a $10,000, $5,000 fine slap would bother you or not or whatever? I, I don't care. Those are just meaningless. Like whatever the guy thinks it happened after, however he feels about it is enough, right? I'm sure he's not like, that was, I'll do that again next time. He's like, no, this is a one-off situation. Two guys collided that were in a certain position of heat and, and, you know, they got intensity going on inside of them and they kind of clash and it came to blows. And the guy probably said, I shouldn't have grabbed you. I was trying to get your attention and make sure that I think he's yelling, stay in it or stay stay involved, stay stay active or whatever the fuck. I mean, I I believe they just had a disallowed goal and whatever it's, it's a, it's a single, it's a short tournament. I understand emotions run high, I, I always uh, think about, okay, like you can't look at pro hockey as another workplace. Like I can't work at a bank and my boss it's, can do that it's to different. me. Like he's dusted. He's fired. Like <laughs> HR's in there. Like oh, you're yeah. done, buddy. For like sure. clean out your desk immediately if you do that in a normal workplace. This is pro sports. This is not a normal workplace. But I do still think that like I agree with you. That's a, that's a cross line. And I am surprised to see it in Switzerland of all places. I don't know sort of what your view is. Like all those European leagues have sort of different reputations and vibes. And you compare that to North American leagues, like rightfully or wrongfully. So like the Swiss league kind of has a country club vibe where it's like, yeah, there's not a ton of imports. Money's good. Travel's easy. You know, talking to North Americans that have played there, some of them really don't like the lack of intensity 
amongst the local players because they're almost safe. There's so many jobs for the players from that country. And that's not a shot at Swiss people. It's more just the setup of the league. But did you view the Swiss league that way? Because And it is a tournament. It's different that way. But like this is a guy that played in that league for almost 600 games, the coach, that, that ends up doing this. And I'm like, boy, that's like, if I was going to guess about a coach grabbing a player, I'm like, that's the East Coast League for sure. It's It's like guys just grinding so hard to make it. And that's not what the Swiss league is. Well, maybe it's the frustration of, you know, a coach who has that, vibe the country club vibe the players are all pretty comfortable and, and it's hard to get the most out of the players and you see something slipping and this is you know you want to win this tournament or you want to see the best for this player this team or whatever and you're getting too intense and like I said you let emotions take over and that's why I'm sure once he cooled down he realized what's right and what's wrong this guy doesn't have a history of doing that he's been around the block for a long time it was a heated mistake and and to my point he would whatever would be said after the fact I'm sure there would be words or some kind of an exchange to put it to bed or to address it and then so that guy's going to go home his wife's going to go what was that all about or whatever the case is it's going to be understood what's right and what's yeah. wrong in that guy's eyes and then he's going to go open to his locker and go oh here's a five thousand dollar fine oh thanks league i had no fucking idea thank goodness you sent me this because <laughs> I, I, I had no idea like that to me it's always like get out of here i no, can handle myself i'm an adult i know what's right and wrong it's not about the the lesson that it sends it's about the league making a statement about what's allowed and what isn't. Yeah. Did sure. that break a rule? Then, okay, there's punishment for breaking rules. Now, and this is interesting because it's Spangler Cup. So does this now fall under double IHF? Is it Swiss <laughs> League? I don't know the answer to that. I, mean, I think both parties know that that's not. Totally. Okay, it's not going to happen again, probably. It doesn't happen very often and it was a one-off. So call it what it is. But when you look at the video, you go, yeah, that's not okay. You can't be doing that. And Thomas Yurko might not miss playing for Josh Holt. But Yurko going back to the K. There you go. And it would be, plus like Russia, you might see something like this too. Rules oh, are a little... I don't think there's a lot of fines. Not getting, many rules apply Not a lot Russia. of fines getting thrown out in Russia. Where does everyone go the when they've done something heinous if they want to keep working? <laughs> Russia. Okay, yeah. Right. They'll be okay if Holden wants to follow them there. Next item. Uh, this is not a Department of Discipline standard item, but I do want to remind you that we are paying witness to one of the greatest players, if not the greatest player of all time. Uh, Connor McDavid's hit 900 points. He's 26. Rebound, dry settle. Cut it back. McDavid, beautiful pass. Backhand score. Zach Hyman. What a look from Connor McDavid for point nine hundred. Hyman's 22nd, and it's 2-0 Edmonton. <laughs> he, he also, uh, he didn't need anywhere near 900 games to get there. Now, what are the games played there, Jack, as you've pulled this up? This is quite impressive. 602 for 900. I mean, there's point per game, and there's... Point and a half per game. This this is, it's Wayne, it's Lemieux, it's Bossy, and Peter Stasny. Yeah, he's always a sneaky. He's always a sneaky man. Yeah, uh, just a thought on what we as hockey fans in twenty twenty four now get to watch. You know, eighty two times in the regular season and a few more in the playoffs every year in McDavid. It's special. It's wild, man. Like the skill that is in the league today is unprecedented and then to have one player be that head and shoulders above everybody else is is scary and like you said appreciate it when you watch it and I mean the only you're comparing it to Gretzky and Gretzky's 900 points came on like his 360th game like that's not it's an absolute joke he was he was 
worlds and generations above everyone else at his time, but it was a different era. I mean, there was eight, seven games all the time. There's more points up for grabs. The goalies, man. It's like five foot eight dudes that didn't didn't know how to butterfly. Are you kidding me? I mean, Gretzky's using an aluminum stick with zero flex. He can just kind of stick handle and slide it in there where McDavid, I mean, look at what you got to do to score these days, but they have the equipment to do it and the technology. It's just different eras, so it doesn't really do it justice to compare. But, I mean, we're talking about Ovechkin right now, smashing records that, you know, never thought would be touched, and he's getting close to them. And McDavid's on a better pace than that. Like, it's scary watching this guy. So, yeah, appreciate what you're looking at. It's like Tiger Woods-esque looking at a guy you get to watch, and and who knows where he's going to end up, but you know it's special. So at 26, like, he's probably not close to halfway in his career. No, because it's like in. he skates well. He came in at eighteen. A little bit injury prone, maybe you could say. Yeah, it's not like he's un- pretty durable. Last few, yeah. but here's who he's already passed for points. Yes, this is beautiful. So like Brad Marchand, still in the league and like not young. More than that, not uh, Corey Perry. Yeah, Corey. Corey's like the last guy, one of the last guys playing from that epic 03 draft class, I believe it is. Yeah, uh, Jonathan Taves. That's wild. Like Captain Sirius, Peter Forsberg, who like now health issues, okay, but was a force of nature in his prime. Hall of Famer with cups to his name, Kovalchuk. Ilya, that, that one blew my mind. I'm like, fuck, he's got to have a lot of points. Ilya, and Kovalchuk. he went back to the K a little earlier, and after that huge two lockouts. naughty contract with the Devils, two two lockouts, two with Kovalchuk, correct? Yeah, well, and most of those older guys, yeah, Lindros. Who again, games played. Cut short. Tony Amante, Ray Ferrero. Like at 26, he's passed all this. Yeah. I mean, I, I just feel like he just started playing, but it's been a couple of years. But I remember his rookie year, he did get hurt. Brandon Manning, he wrecked his shoulder behind the and lost the Calder trophy, That's I right. believe, because of that. So okay, one trophy he'll never win, Jay. Yeah, he can't. <laughs> Damn near did, even with the. Yeah. But he could have built a case. It doesn't yeah. seem that long ago he started. And to put up almost a thousand points, 900 points in that amount of time is. It's scary, man. It's his eighth year. There's three left after this one. Uh, excuse me. There's two left after this one. Last Next year is the last of Leon's deal. The year after is the last of, of McDavid. So it's a three-year entry-level deal. It's the eight-year extension. Um, yeah, it's it's wild. He's he's ha- It's 26, man. It's absolutely insane. It's nice that he had Drysaddle to play with because they hook up so well and Drysaddle yeah. finishes so much of what he creates. But don't act like he's been on the greatest team in the world the last eight no, years. No, and I like when I look at that list, I'm like, if he were to leave after his contract's done, he will be the greatest player to spend a decade somewhere and not win a cup. Like the first 10 years of your career, like Wayne's got one, Mario's got one, like all the greats have one. And then like, we're, we're not comparing to like, oh, well, Jerome McGinley and everyone. No, like Jerome McGinley did not have He's you know, 900 points in 600 games. Like this is, this is one of the greatest 10 players that'll ever play the sport. And by the end of his career, he might be the best he might take down some of those Gretzky records we never thought would be touched. And it's like, it's not on him that he hasn't won a cup. I look at an organization that has surrounded him with mediocre talent and has had a really tough time with getting wins against the cap. They're wasting money elsewhere on this roster. And even with Drysaddle and McDavid, it's a group that, you know, the feather in their cap to this point is getting to a conference finals where they got shellacked. And that's the high watermark. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, 
there's no shortage of stories and, and woes with the Edmonton Oilers the last decade. And it's it's been tough to watch. You get that many first, not just like high first round picks, first overall picks. Yeah, th- four times in seven years, I picked first overall. And maybe they weren't the highest, deepest draft class when you're looking at Neil Yakupov's and Nugent Hopkins and Taylor Halls and stuff. But I mean, good players. Still. And then people are like, well, why didn't you get a goalie? Well, if you have the first overall pick, you don't go down to like the ninth pick and pick a defenseman just because you, like, you know what? You can't really blame him for saying we have to take the the best we can find. You could argue that they didn't do that, but the Neil Yakupovs, and they still end up with dry sidle somehow yeah, after fucking yeah. up like four of those. And then there's their woes still continue. And they're, they're very, they've got managerial problems, front office problems, coaching problems, goaltender problems, defense problems. But what makes everyone still have hope is, is this one man, this yeah, one the boy, two superstars, but the one generation, the team. ones, the really good one that, you know, can literally, what do you get, five points last night? He just puts the Tuesday team on nights. his back yeah. and just wins games all by himself. There's not many guys that can do that. Who was the the most prolific scorer you played with or the, the most highly skilled player you ever played with? Because, I mean, it's just like most players that you could play a thousand games and never be on the same team as someone close to McDavid. Yeah, like playing with, it would probably be like Claude Giroux. Um, just when he was taking over a game, when he had it, it just seemed so easy. Um, playing against, I remember just like watching Sidney Crosby playing. When you talk to people that played with Sid, they'd say the stuff he does in practice that nobody sees is what they'll just always remember. It was just, it was. 110 on you know the effort level he didn't do anything like medium speed but the stuff he would pull off skill wise was unbelievable and I just remember you know watching being on during it in a game with him and watching him from a bench and the little tiny shit he'd do with it like his his feet or the puck or just some way to corral a puck and get it flat to a guy that you'd never just how did you even think to get to that guy let alone to execute it little things that wouldn't be on the highlight package but you're just like this guy's on a different planet than everybody else and i remember that with sid and i remember talking to guys that played with him saying you you haven't even seen the half of it you should see what this guy's capable of and those guys don't come along very often by the way if they want to find some sort of tournament where you get mcdavid and a team canada jersey i'd be okay with that and not since the world juniors weird eh how this hasn't uh transpired how are we not uh next winter i hope next winter we'll talk about it later in the spring but um there's i wouldn't be surprised if if the americans are favored in the World Cup next year. Well, it depends who can play in it. Is every, is it best on best or not? Well, yeah, I mean, NHL best on best. Yeah, um, that'd be cool. The, and it's a conversation for another day, but to me, it's both Canada and the USA are churning yeah, tons I mean, of great players. There's one difference, and that's the Canadians don't have superstar goalies. They have mm-hmm. good goalies. Like, it would, it might be an Aiden Hill in net. You're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Who's not a bad goalie, but, like, the other side's got Hellebuck, Ottinger, and like, oh my God, like those, those are Vesna votes years mm-hmm. every year, guys, when they're like, it's, 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 you can tell me that the USA doesn't have McDavid, but it's like, yeah, but they have Austin Matthews, Jack Hughes and Jack Eichel then go one to three down the middle and you move Tage Thompson to the wing and Brady Kachuk and Matthew Kachuk are playing wings. Like there, there is deep the gap is on that. in net. It's not anywhere else. Yeah. Well, it ebbs and flows with who's hot and who's not, but I don't think the Americans have ever been as, as good as they are yeah. now that that's through like a good chunk of generation like down to the world juniors to mm-hmm. to up to what you're saying now in the nhl it's it would be a force to be reckoned with the u.s hey 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You mentioned World Juniors. Uh, this, in, in, we are located in Western Canada. This is a big uh, event in this country. The Canadians got ousted in the quarterfinal, uh, allowed a goal with 11 seconds left. That's Heartbreak Hotel. They're done. What is your interest around the tournament, generally speaking? And did you get sucked in this year or not? I wanted to. It's just we got too busy. I didn't get to watch as much as I wanted. I watched yesterday's game. Um, high hopes. I actually tuned in when it was two nothing. You know what's going on, Canada, and it's just. And then I went through the years on what they've done in the past twenty five years at the tournament, and they have little blocks where they win four out of five years, and then they'll they'll miss it three years in a row, and you yeah. know it ebbs and it flows. And I don't think the competition, like we just mentioned, has ever been as high as it is now. Like it's the, good to, the, yeah. the Czechs and the Swedes and and the Finns and catching up. yeah, they're they're getting up there and the talent, which is great because you want it to be competitive, you want it to mean something when you win it. But yeah, the Canadians just didn't seem to have it this year. You can't put yourself in a position down two like that and not be able to claw your way out. And it, it was just like you just kept thinking they're going to win it and win it, and then they tie it up, and then boom, eleven seconds left, bounce off a stick, bounce off a shin pad, bounce off the post, and your whole tournament's over. And you yeah, can see the shock quick. in the guy's face. It sucks. And I, I'll tell you, my interest level just goes right out the door if the Canadians are out. Man. Well, they're they're loving it in Gothenburg, sure. Where the Swedes. Uh, <laughs> They're hosting there. The Americans are heavy favorites in their semifinal matchup, which I guess at time of listening will have been played. Uh, either way, you mentioned it. Canada, hot and cold. They've been on a nice run. They've played in each of the last four finals, three golds in there, and they played in the final six of the last seven. So while it stings, it's been this is an outlier for the Canadian team to not be playing in the final, never mind the semifinal. And uh, just an FYI. Ottawa next year. So if you want to take your skates and uh, go for a little shuffle on the canal and catch the the best of under 20 hockey in the world, that's uh, 
It's closer than Sweden for you next year. Yeah, that'll be fun. It's always better when it's in Canada. I mean, obviously I'm, I'm biased, but it seems like it is a big show and we get to see it even closer. And it's nice when it's in your home country, just like it is for those Swedes this year. So Halifax was awesome the other year. Yeah, it was. You bet. We'll move. I want to talk about uh, the new Women's Hockey League that got up and running. I believe New Year's Day they kicked off. It was, what, New York and Toronto from old Maple Leaf Gardens? Yeah, pretty cool. Have you been in the renovated Maple Leaf Gardens? I have. I, it's I, kind of weird. Like, they put the ice rink basically on what would have been, like, the third or fourth floor of the old building, I think. I know. I prefer to look at it from the outside and think about the sure. lineups out yeah, there yeah, in yeah. the 60s and whatnot. But cool building. And, yeah, cool they can actually still use it for hockey. Like, it's... Yeah. It, to just be a grocery it's a store. smaller rink with a grocery store on the main floor and the rink's like way up you gotta yeah. take a couple escalators to get up there uh it's actually a cool venue and the pwhl is off and running now mm-hmm. there's been other professional women's leagues uh there's been multiple professional women's league having to compete against each other but it feels like finally we've got best on best under one roof which i think is better for the sport oh, for sure and there's six teams three in canada three in the u.s ottawa toronto montreal boston minnesota New York. Mm -hmm. That's going to go up, but that's the start. And I have a note on it, which is interesting because I I was like, yeah, okay. Like I'll, I'll give it a few minutes if it's on in front of me. Mm -hmm. I was busy New Year's day. I gave it about as much time as I did the, the winter classic, which was to watch for a few minutes. And then I was busy with activities. It's holidays. It's kids. It's all that. But uh, of note to me, I didn't realize there was a significant rule change. Body contact's been allowed women's hockey, but body checking is now, green light. This is a, this is a significant philosophical um, change for the women's game. I'm going to read quote from dailyfaceoff.com uh, or good friends at dailyfaceoff.com. A very aggressive move sees the league allowing body checking for most of the history of women's hockey, body contacts been allowed, but not body checking. However, this has been changing in recent years in Sweden. They've allowed players to hit one another within reason over the last two years. And per rule 52.1, body checking is allowed when a player's clear intention is to play the puck or an attempt to gain possession. However, pinning or pushing into the boards to eliminate an opposing player is not allowed. How do we feel on the Department of Discipline about body checking being legal in North American women's hockey for the first time? We feel how you'd expect. I mean, I... When it's when this thing started, I see all these things about rule changes. Oh, if uh, you score a shorthanded goal, the power play is over. I was like, oh, like big deal. And then I would see these highlights, and they're smashing and crushing each other. I'm going, holy shit! Is this just a penalty fest, or did they pump these girls up to go crush each other? And then I realized, no, you're like kind of allowed to do this now, and it's based on their request to they wanted to play more physical hockey. They Good. wanted to allow body checking, and why wasn't that the top story? I mean, that's what's most interesting to me, and I think a lot of hockey fans is. Wow, that's the big difference between men's and and girls' hockey. There's a lot of differences, but the one main thing is you can't be physical, which is one of the main things in men's hockey that that makes it appealing to a lot of people. And now the women can do that. And I mean, based on the highlight clip show I I saw, they were rocking each other. So that's interesting. And it comes from the players. Like we've talked about it on this show. If Players playing a game want to do something their way, then who the hell is going to step in and say, no, you're not? Allow them to play more physical hockey. They want to. They want to. It's better for their brand. They want to play that way. They're interested in it. They understand the risks to the the point you're making. Let them go. Let them hit. They're not. I mean, not fighting and killing each other, but hell yeah, that girl's reaching for the puck. I'm, I'm going to 
crank you and you're going to go flying and you better get up and keep playing. Like it's, it's fun to watch. One of my favorite things to do is to take people from other countries where hockey is not prominent to a pro hockey game. And I know like we're in Calgary. I, I've taken like my wife's Australian. A lot of her in-laws when they come, I'm like, we got to go to a hockey game. And they're like, Oh yeah, cool. Like I've, I've heard it's really good. Like and Aussies love physical sports. Yeah. Like, they like the rugby Aussie rules is super violent. Time, yeah. Um, and it is a massive, massive add to the entertainment value of the sport is the physicality. Cause it's like, not only is it an, this incredible high skill where you've got to be skating and handling a puck, and not only is the speed through the roof, but also you've added this physical element where it's like, you better have your head up or it's like, wow, like that's legal. I'm really excited that the, the PWHL is allowing this because if you just say, this is the sport, this, this is a different sport. Like, I'm picking the one with body contact. It's for more sure. entertaining. And so great job on A, the players, and B, the league for getting it in there because this is one of the reasons people love this sport. It's that blend, as I like Don Cherry said it. It's like, you know, murder meets, you know, ice ballet. Like, it's just high-end skill, but also incredibly physical. And that's that's a pretty special blend that this sport has. Well, there's a duality to it, no doubt about it. And if if the women's game is going to succeed, like you said, they've tried before with different leagues and, this league has to be a self-sustaining league where the market is there and it puts butts in stands and people are buying the jerseys and the tickets and watching on TV and then it works. And that yes. doesn't happen overnight. So no. the billionaire owner behind it that's getting it off the ground is is fantastic, but he's not going to write checks for 20 years. This thing has to has to do it and I don't I really believe that if it's going to work you have to get women in the stands to support this league it's not about being sexist or men not wanting to watch there's call it four or five professional hockey leagues in North America which one is supported to the point where these guys are making a serious living just one one the market has spoken they only want to watch the best of the best they only want to watch the NHL the East Coast Hockey League is not putting 20000 in the barn. Those guys do not make a million dollars. So if these girls want to get to that level, and the hockey's gotten better and better and better every, every time you look, it's got to be supported by a new portion of a market. And to me, that's bringing your daughter to the rink, and she wants that jersey for Christmas. She wants to have her 8-year-old birthday party at the rink during a game. Her, her idol is the captain of that team, and she might get a chance to meet her and she wants to be like her and she works her ass off to be like her. And then one day she's in this professional league and she's even better than her idol. And here comes a new, you know, generation of, of hockey talent. It doesn't happen overnight. You can't just say NHL subsidize us. It's got to happen organically and you have to tap into a market that may not be there because it's already shown that, you know, even the men can't support a whole bunch of different leagues. So you have to tap into a new market. And to me, if you're a person that cares about this league and wants it to succeed, get your butt in the seat, buy a Jersey and support it. It's a good point. And look, it's uh, especially in this country, like there is so much hockey. Like I think of just the city we're in, it's like, okay, you got an NHL team, you got a, a major junior team, you've got an American hockey league team. Uh, and it's like, well, where's the women's team? And I'm like, Hey, like that would be cool. But look at all the other hockey products they're competing against. You have university, two university hockey teams that play Seriously, out of yeah. the city. You have junior A teams that play in the city as well. Uh, it's a There's a lot of hockey out there. So to your point, you have to find a way to be unique and to market yourself. And yeah, like I think that's an untapped market. If you want to talk about, you know, get in and support the best female hockey players on earth, like 
Females got to be a big part of that. I think all hockey fans do, but yeah. Yeah, it's not just females, but I mean, if this is a, what makes this different than, I mean, you just rattled off like midget AAA teams, junior B teams, junior A teams, college teams, all the pro leagues. Like you could, those are all, all those teams could beat the girls' teams right now it, it's a better if you're talking about strictly hockey they, they do beat the national teams right so the the women's hockey leagues and product hasn't had enough time to get up to the level and whether it does or not is yet to be seen but it won't if you don't get out there and get supported by more of a market because like we just said the men if it's just men supporting all hockey it's not going to work. It's already proven. It can't even support all the men's leagues that are higher in caliber. But what makes them distinct and and interesting is that it's all women. It's the best of the best in the world of women hockey players. You would think women would go and support that and want to watch that and say, wow, look at what they're doing out there. And it's not going to work unless it gets support from that market, in my opinion. I think it's going to be great. And I think it will be a success. And I think they've So done- far, so good. Well, it's, yeah, days, but... I think what's important is we've seen a lot of new leagues, not to make it gender specific or sports specific that are too ambitious out of the gate and it doesn't work. Starting six in really proven hockey markets, I think is pretty savvy. Uh, When you think about Minnesota and Boston and Montreal and Toronto, those are hockey markets and Ottawa. Okay. Yep. Like everyone knows how to skate in Ottawa, New York. Okay. Maybe not the exact same, but that's also a place where I think it's good for the league to be seen as well. So uh, we wish them well and love the the body checking rule change. That's I cool. know that's going to be that's the kicker right there as well. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah! Because we played the 2002, the greatest women's team ever assembled, the 2002 okay. Canadian national. They won the Olympics. Won the Olympics. We're head and shoulders better than everyone else, in my opinion. We played them in midget AAA, I think, four times or something like that. Uh, it was fun and. They wanted to be rough and we weren't really allowed to, but they were wanting to, they wanted, and they were like, Fuck, I want to crank this guy, but he's been told not to. They want to. So these girls are competitive. They're strong. They're in shape. They want to go bang and crash and play the game. Like there's a reason the game is played that way. It's just, it, it naturally happens out there with the speed and intensity of it. Let them play that way. I think it'll be a, a wicked product to watch compared to when you're holding them back. That's a good point. Let's get to our uh, our final segment we always do, the fight of the week. I've got a couple for you. Uh, it's been a while. We did, we took the holiday week off. We are back at it. It's 2024. Since our last show, I've got two little nuggets for you. One's a pretty good tilt from two very good players, and the other is two superstars that I don't know would have a single fight between them on their resume before this. We'll start with Matias Ekholm, and uh, he it, it's, it's Oilers-Ducks. It's Strom Ekholm. And this one is, I, I'm surprised. Strom's given up a lot of size against Ekholm, but Ekholm isn't a guy that I think has fought a ton either. Ekholm spun around, trying to get started. Strom lands a couple of rights. Ekholm fires back with a right hand and an overhand left. And ends up on top of Ryan Strom. The Ducks among the league leaders in fighting majors. They're by far and away the most penalized team in the league. And Eckholm and Strobe will retire to their respective penalty boxes. Yeah, Eckholm's a big boy. He gets himself in a position in this scrap that I've been in where he loses grab. He's got no he's got no hands on on the player at all. Meanwhile, the, the player's taking advantage of that and Strom's punching away on him. And Eckholm's trying to get himself situated to get back in the fight as he knows he can, you know, overpower this guy. 
but he goes down. And I think at the end of it, you notice Ekholm's giving him lots of he's shots while he's down. There. He's pissed off yeah. because he knows I didn't get a chance to get back in there. I lost my yeah. grab. I, I lost the fight, basically. And he didn't get a chance to get back in it. But, uh, you know, the fights happen quick. And if, if you're not ready to go at the beginning, you can... You can see when you watch that when he gets free, goes to lefts actually and gets a grab, down goes Strom because he's like, I'm out of here. I got what I wanted out of this thing. I'm ready to end it and I'll, I'll be considered the winner of this thing. And Ekholm did not really like that. And I've been there before. It's not fun when the fight doesn't go your way and you're ready to like salvage it. Other guys, I'm out. Guy goes out and you're, you're furious. Strom had himself a lot better than sure I thought did. Chuck, And good. like you, you look at Strom and the, the hockey card, the back of the hockey card, you're like, oh, skill guy. And you're like, yeah, he is, but... Like, that's a guy that's not uncomfortable fight. He knew what he was doing. He got Eklund turned around so his name bar was staring at him. And he got yeah. twice on the jaw. Like, whew, tip of the cap to Strom, who, yes, on hockeyfights.com, he got the win. Yeah, and t- it's we're seeing more and more of that. I mean, there's not the big goons, the big heavyweights that fight 20 times a year. That's at, where that's all they do. But a lot of different guys are stepping mm-hmm. up and saying, you know, maybe it's because those guys are gone and the fear is a little bit less tense than it was but these guys that are normally you say oh he's kind of a skilled player he doesn't normally do that they step up to the challenge and it's fun to see zucker and forsling was the scrap that came out of that nick cousins thing we right. started the show with those are two guys that i would not have guessed would fight this year if you asked me in the offseason but put them in the position yeah. these days and they i love it when guys step and up. again it speaks to the value of it in the sport it's it's certainly not nothing there there is there is a noticeable emotional engagement level that's significant and there's no bigger cheer from the bench or in the locker room after than a guy that stepped up and was out of his element and decided to, to, to do this because it was the right thing to do at that yeah, point or in time. Or stand up for a teammate. Sure, exactly. That's much to my point. When it's the right time and you feel like you got to do it, you could chicken shit out as you have some guys will their entire lives. Or when a guy steps up and says, I'll, I'll do this even though it's not my thing, the boys absolutely love that man and they'll let the guy know about it. It's awesome. This one's maybe a little closer to comedy than... Uh... <laughs> Than anything else, but uh, I, I was not expecting a Alex DeBrink at Roman Yossi tilt. Now there's a bit of a scrum around the net, uh, the Nashville net, and it's what you normally see: the little dosy doe. Guys are wrapping up, dancing. Nothing's going to come of this, except Alex DeBrink. It doesn't like that he got in a headlock from Roman Yossi and goats him into one. Who's going after? Who is that on our side? That DeBrink? DeBrink and Yossi. And they're going to fight. Do you believe this? Oh, look at this. Oh, my goodness. What the heck got that going? Oy, oy, oy. I can't tell you the last time DeBrinkett had a, a major penalty. We'll get it for you, but I'll be darned. It, it looked like Yoshi said, let's go. And you would, uh, being, you know, a guy that has fought professionally in the NHL, uh, noted something that I didn't really pick up on, that Romeo did the wrong thing here. He did. I mean, he's getting... Not to fight, but what does he do that's wrong? Well, he's getting goaded in by Debrin Caddy. You can tell he's smiling, going, are we really going to go right now? Like, this isn't our thing. And and they go, and instantly, instead of, like, starting to throw or grabbing Debrin Cat's throwing hand that's ready to cock, he just kind of grabs right on the crest of the jersey, which and that's a no-no. I'm does saying. nothing. Does nothing. The guy's both hands are free to do whatever he wants. And then after that, he puts his head directly down, and Debrincat just starts chucking up. He's at him. Clearly not their uh, forte. Debrincat wanted the most of that for sure. And he, he knew what he was doing. Uh, yeah, I'm not can't. suggesting he's good at it, but he got given a gift, and he did not miss it. No, he didn't. He took advantage of uh, of what he was given, and Yossi was clearly out of his element there. But it's always again, I never like to bash a guy for not doing well. Showing up and yes. like the decision to have your gloves on and the decision to drop them, yes. I tell you, your heart sinks. 
your your blood pressure goes through the roof and you're in it. It's a big decision and anyone who does it, fuck right on. I don't care how you how it how it goes. We can break it down and say what went wrong, but all the all the kudos in the world for showing up. So that's a guy that's eclipsed 80 points on the blue line and a guy that I believe has tucked 40 goals. It doesn't, doesn't need to be what doing What a that. beautiful year. Love it's it. It's been 23-24. <laughs> it's where we're headed. I love it. Good stuff. Jay, thanks for this. Great show to start the year off. Appreciate your insights and uh, look forward to the next one. You bet. A pleasure as always. By the way, check the gear, hey? You see what the fellows are repping here? What, this old thing? Hockey Fights merch, nationgear.ca. If you're interested, this is the Hockey Fights collection. A couple good looking hoodies. Cozy. Beautiful. Don't be shedding these. Shed the mitts. Leave these on. It's good. See you next week. I'm going down to the garden with a couple of my buds. I'm going to sit up in the cheap seats. I want to see a little blood, I want to get my money's worth Eat some dogs, drink some beers When they allow night at the referee Go on you bum, get out of here Want to see a hockey fight, little Donny Brook, little brouhaha If our team should score tonight, we all can yell hurrah, hurrah I didn't come to see Gretzky Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I didn't come to see Lemieux, any of those other pretty boys, and all that fancy stuff to do. It came to see the handsome brothers. Take on Dave the Hammer Schultz, drop the gloves, do the tango, and...